Well, hello, and welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we explore money through a spiritual lens. I'm Elle, a certified financial planner and a witchy old soul who just so happens to be going through a spiritual awakening myself. I launched this podcast to provide practical tips for stepping into your own wealth, purpose, and sovereignty as you navigate your own spiritual awakening. I lean on my own experiences in finance to look at money through the lens of energy, spirituality, science, and intuition. You'll gain financial knowledge to step into your soul's highest purpose and prosperity through a combination of episodes focused purely on financial terms, but also we'll explore a variety of spiritual topics as they relate to your money and wealth. If you're ready to step into ease and flow in your financial life and let that ripple across every single aspect of your life, stay tuned. Hello, hello. Happy holidays, my friends. I hope you have had a joyful holiday season and looking into 2022, you're excited for new things on the horizon. I um, have had such a interesting month of December full of highs and lows and a lot of karmically significant events happening in my life, including the loss of a close friend and family member in our family by suicide, but also my resignation from my wealth management position at a registered investment advisory firm and launching myself into being fully self-employed in the year 2022. So lots of exciting things over here, lots of big changes that I know are going to facilitate my personal growth on my journey in 2022 and beyond. And when we look at the year 2022, it is so significant for those of us who have been or are going through a spiritual awakening in terms of stepping into our own power and purpose. There really is not a better time to analyze your life and look at where you are and just start hacking away at the areas that you feel are not in alignment. And I can't think of a better way to start off the new year or rather end this year and move into the new year with looking at every aspect of your financial life and asking, where can I be more intentional and conscious in how I make and spend and keep money? And how can I look at it as the energetic force that it is instead of this scarce resource that we've been taught it's supposed to be? So this episode today is really focused on the principles of investing as well as a little bit of information on crypto because I'm seeing a lot of hype about investing in crypto on social media and I want you to be very cautious about where you take your advice. And heading into 2022, we are going to be seeing more of the same more confusion, more chaos, more separation, more polarity, but also this tremendous opportunity for abundance and love and joy and stepping into our own purpose if we so choose, if we choose that higher frequency. This idea of 2022 being a dualistic year means that we're going to have a lot of opposite energies interacting with each other, these dark forces and light forces, and that's going to impact the markets. 
So understanding where your money is and how it's invested is going to be important. And, you know, the market is often driven by fear and worry and doubt and uncertainty. But then on the flip side of that, you can also look at it as love, compassion, and empathy if you so choose. So make sure that heading into the new year, your vibration and your frequency are very high and you're focused on that love and focused on that abundance and working through the subconscious thoughts that we all have from time to time because low frequency energies are going to keep you trapped and in a pattern of scarcity. 2022 is an opportunity to step out of that scarcity and create new patterns and ways of being. And this is going to be a theme on a collective level. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Let's talk about investing today. I've been in the financial space managing people's money for almost a decade. And I picked up some tools and some tips and some tricks along the way, managing money for people who have nothing and people who have multiple millions and millions of dollars. And as I reflect back on my life, the last decade of my life, I realize how much I've changed, how much I don't resonate with this idea of wealth management only being for the wealthy. There is this undercurrent of privilege that goes along with managing people's money because financial advisors tend to only want clients who have money, a lot of money. And I think it creates this separation in our society and only perpetuates the separation of rich and poor. And as I've gone through my own spiritual awakening over the years, I've just resonated less and less with the idea that we need to pay someone a lot of money to manage our assets. Um, And also the idea that the only way to get financial advice is if you have money to manage. Uh, It's increasingly difficult to find honest people in this space who are willing to give advice to anyone who needs it. And I think there's such a need for investment advice and financial advice as a whole in our society. We are not financially literate. We don't learn about taxes and credit cards and interest rates and compounding and allocation and risk and the stock market and the bond market and real estate in school. And yet we get thrown out into the world and expected to make it in society. And it's incredibly complex. And I'm not saying that I like our systems because I don't. I think our systems are awful. Um, we are one of the few civilizations that has such an antiquated financial system, an antiquated healthcare system, and an antiquated educational system that are so caught up in dogma. And I can be the change or I can stay in that. 
And I've made the decision to move out of that space completely. And as of January, I'm no longer associated with wealth management at all. And I'm so happy about that because I think as technology continues to facilitate our lives, we can use it to our benefit and we can all rise to the occasion and learn more about our finances and manage our money in a conscious and intentional way and start to weave in this idea that energy and money are completely intertwined. They're one and the same. You know, we don't have to look at money as cash under the mattress. Money is and can be free flowing. It is abundant. It is an endless resource. But if we grow up in a family that doesn't teach us that in a life of scarcity or even past lives of scarcity, as human beings, we're told we're thrown into life on earth where it's all about survival, then maybe we don't understand this concept that money is universal and free-flowing and abundant and endless. Our society doesn't teach us that. The markets don't teach us that. Large corporations and institutions don't teach us that. They teach us the opposite. They teach us that money is a scarce resource. That's what drives the market. Greed and fear. And if you're going through a spiritual awakening, there's such a polarity there, right? Between what drives the market and what's driving us, our star, the star seeds that are moving the collective into a different energy pattern. And so what I found to be true is that we do get to choose the energy we assign to money. We get to choose the frequency at which we vibrate and live. And the higher the frequency, the more likely you are to attract more currency, more money into your life. And as you ascend, it becomes easier and easier. But with that said, that doesn't solve the problem of what to do with it, how to make the most of it. And I think today is going to help you clarify what to do with that money once it starts to flow. We're going to have many more episodes and many more guests on to talk about how to make more, how to open up the channel for money, how to be a magnet for money, because it does go both ways. We do get to trade abundance for abundance, but we have to do that inner work to allow it in. But Spirit asked me to share today my principles of investing because there's so much peer pressure right now to invest in certain asset classes. If you're on social media, your friends, your influencers, celebrities are talking about investing. And I'd encourage you to just use your own intuition and use your discernment before jumping into any one investment and listen to this episode and understand the principles of investing and how investing actually works. So from an energetic perspective, investing is a way to use your time or money to get some kind of return. We tend to only look at investing as this investment of money. But investing is really focused on time or money. 
Okay, if you're not spending money on something, you're probably spending time on it instead. An example of that might be you decide to do work on your house instead of paying a contractor or a handyman to do it for you while you're investing your time instead of your money. And that's perfectly fine. But as we go through life, we have to realize that these expenditures of energy are all investing. So I ask you today to really broaden your idea of what investing is, because as we enter this new time and this new earth, it's going to be much less focused on dollars and cents and more on acts of service and really this idea of altruism. And we can still invest in our societies and communities around us in so many different ways outside of just the stock market, which is this this traditional idea of what investing is. And if that's always scared you, well, I'm going to help you work through that on this podcast, but also help you broaden your horizons and your understanding and ideas of what investing is. Because whether you know it or not, you are investing every single day. You are spending time or money on something. And if you're not intentional about it, it's really easy to for that money to just kind of flow through the cracks. And it's like an energy leak. And um, we do have energetic leaks, where, whether we realize it or not, when we're not paying attention to our energy. And the same goes for our money. We can have money leaks, currency leaks, because we're not paying much attention. We're not being intentional about it. And it just kind of disappears and we don't really know where it goes. And there's a better way to live and to be as we enter this time and as you go through your spiritual awakening that is really empowering when you start to look at money as energy and you take time to be intentional about how you spend it and invest it. It really changes your frequency and how you go about in the world and allows you to become a magnet. And that is a concept that we're going to cover in so much more depth. But um, I felt the need to hop on here today just to go through these basic principles so you can start to implement them in your in your life and look around and say, where have I experienced money leaks? Where am I not paying attention to my money? Have I spent the time to sit down and see where it's actually going and where I want it to go if I'm going to invest? And if you don't have the money to invest yet, that's okay. You may be focused on other things and focused on education or hobbies or passions right now, but understanding how your time is being spent and allocated is a really important concept in not only the spiritual world, but also the practical world, um, the world that we live in here on earth. And as much as I'd like to say that we can all move to a barrier island and not ever need money and just trade services and goods for the rest of our lives, that's not where we're going on this planet. And I don't see this universal idea of exchange of money in this way going away anytime soon. I do see it changing to become more decentralized with the rise of crypto. And I'm going to end the episode today talking a little bit about that because there's a lot of misinformation out there about crypto. And I think just a lot of peer pressure around what you should or shouldn't be doing. So I'm not going to make this episode really long. I just wanted to hop on and talk through this with you guys. Without further ado, here are my principles of investing. 
Okay, so the first aspect of conscious investing is allocation. Allocation is defined as the types and proportions of securities in your portfolio. So if you think about a pie chart and you're dividing that pie chart up into different types of investments, that's allocation. It might be, you know, 60% to stocks, 30% to bonds, 10% to cash. That's allocation. A very simplified description of allocation. And allocation is the primary determinant in your portfolio return over time. Most people think that the primary determinant in portfolio return, how much money you're going to make over time, is actually what you own. You know, the thing that you own, like picking a stock like, oh, I have to own Tesla or I have to own Amazon. That's not the primary determinant in your return. It's how you are allocated to securities across your portfolio, to, to asset classes. Why don't you hear about this very much? Because it's not sexy and it works and it's not really that entertaining. But you know what is entertaining? Picking stocks, watching the market dive and fall, rise and fall, right? That's why you see that so much on the news and social media. The secret is pay attention to your allocation. There is a lot of research to back up that allocation is the primary determinant of your portfolio returns over time. In fact, it's responsible for more than 70 to 80% of that return. Yet so many people are so focused on everything else, on what their neighbor is telling them to do. So understand how your money is allocated is the most important piece of investing. But also, if we look at time, how your time is allocated is the most important piece of investing in your life. We know this, right? We know that where focus goes, energy flows. I'd also like to say where our time goes, energy flows, right? Where we spend our time matters. How we allocate our time matters much more towards the end result than all the little stupid things that we do in between. Keep allocation at the forefront when you are making a decision with your money or your time. Time horizon. So second biggie, staying invested in a particular investment for the long haul, for the long run, is the second largest factor in investing and returns over time. Why? Because it takes self-control to stay invested when you get scared. It takes self-control to stay invested when somebody tells you that the world's about to end. It takes self-control to stay invested when we're in a recession and we see the market fall. Okay, look at 2000. Look at 2008 when we had that real estate bubble. People were terrified and they did not stay invested. That's why they lost so much money. The recession only lasted less than two years. If they had stayed invested, they would have made that money back. But people were scared. So staying invested in whatever it is that you're investing is key for the long run. So asking yourself, how much time do I have in this particular investment of time or money? 
If you're thinking you want to invest some money for the short term, let's say under a couple years for a particular goal, you're going to be better served choosing a very low risk investment for that short term goal, right? Probably doesn't make much sense to put all your money into some stocks only to take it back out again a year and a half later. That's not long term investing. That's very risky. So understanding how much time you have to get to your goal is going to help you align your investments with your goal. Okay, again, when I say investing is personal, I mean it. Because if you're taking the advice of your neighbor or your friend or your celebrities online, they don't know what your goal is and they don't know how long you have to stay invested. So that time piece is key. And yes, day trading is a thing, right? Day trading is popular. You see it all over the news. You see people making tons of money. And the thing is that that's not really investing. It's speculation. It's really treated as gambling. And it's very short term and it's very risky. They're not taking advantage of compound interest over time. Um, it's just hoping and praying that your hunch is right. So, um, not really a sound investment strategy. But asking the question, how much time do I have to invest in this? Aligning those investments with that particular goal length will help you see positive returns over time. Long-term investments would be considered anything over 10 years. Short-term one to two years, and I'd say three to nine years would be sort of medium term. The third principle of investing, we've talked about allocation, we've talked about time, it's risk. Okay, risk. We could spend many hours talking about risk, and I will do a podcast episode solely on risk, so you truly understand what this means when it comes to investing, because this is also extremely misunderstood. Risk is also personal. How much risk you are willing to take on is highly personal and it's based on your personality and your birth chart and your blocks and your feelings and emotions around spending money. And risk in return, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They go together, meaning you can't really have the high return without the high risk. Of course, we all want to have a low risk investment with excellent returns but we have to realize the risk involved every single time we purchase something that potentially has a lot of volatility. So volatility in a portfolio means the change or the variation in price, essentially. That's also a measure of risk in our world, in the, in the financial planning world, because the variability, volatility in the price can tell us that the risk of losing our money is much greater from day to day, right? So for example, if you purchase a tech stock, you're gonna see quite a bit more volatility than if you purchase a utility stock. The bond world, there's very little volatility, but there is some, just not a lot. Real estate is kind of a mixed bag. There are different measures of risk. So volatility is not the only one. When we look at real estate, we have other types of risk, like liquidity risk, right? Liquidity is the ability to get your money back. Well, you can't just flip a switch 
and sell a property overnight. There's a lot that goes into that. It's extremely complex, right? So there's a risk in purchasing that because the liquidity risk of getting rid of it, right? The high liquidity risk. Questions you can ask yourself about risk when it comes to making choices in your investments and your time. What is the hidden risk here? What can I afford to lose? But the most important question is what am I comfortable losing? Because you may not be comfortable losing as much as your neighbor or your friend or your family member. And generally, the less money you have, the more uncomfortable it is to lose a lot of money. I've found with my wealthiest clients that they're comfortable losing larger dollar amounts of money because in the long term, percentage wise, that money doesn't matter to them. But if you're living off very little and you don't have many investments, you're not going to be as comfortable losing any amount of those investments. So that's why investing is so personal. But it goes so much deeper than that. It goes into our money story. It goes into our ancestry and what our ancestors were comfortable with. Maybe we had past family members who lost everything. And so that has been ingrained in us that we always lose money. We're bad with money and we're afraid to invest for that reason, right? There's so many reasons why there's such a variation in risk and risk aversion. And we're going to do an entire podcast episode on that. So I'll leave it at that. So we've covered allocation, time, risk. The next piece is diversification. Okay. And so diversification can be looked at in several different ways when it comes to investing. It's defined as a way to minimize your risk by dividing your money across all the major asset classes or as many as possible. So when you think about allocation, really diversification can be applied to the allocation of your portfolio because we're saying, okay, within each of these major buckets on this pie chart, stocks, bonds, cash, money markets, real estate, crypto, whatever it is, how diversified am I within each of these areas? We can go really onto a micro scale here and look at every single investment and ask, okay, how much, how many individual stocks do we have? How many bonds do we have? How many ETFs do we have? How many mutual funds do we have? If some of those terms, if you're not familiar with some of those terms, that's okay because I'm going to define those in a later episode, but I just want you to be thinking about diversification as a whole, because if you are putting all your money into tech stocks or all your money into crypto, guess what? You're not diversified. And that goes for real estate too. I know a lot of people that put all their money into real estate and flip houses and went completely broke in 2008. So ensure you are diversifying where your money is. You've covered your emergency fund, but beyond that, the next piece after diversification is amount. How much money are you putting into a particular investment? That is going to dictate how you invest that money, right? So if you are comfortable putting a small amount of money into something that's really high risk and you don't mind losing it, then okay, you're going to put a small amount of money in. But are you comfortable losing it all? Are you going to put all your money into a very high risk investment? Probably not. Are you going to spend all your time on a highly risky activity? Probably not. 
the amount of money you have to invest really plays a part in the investments that you choose. Some investments have minimums anyway, and you can't put, you know, $20 a month or $50 a month into an investment or a fund. The more money you're putting into an investment, the more you are taking advantage of compound interest over time. And you'd be amazed to see how compound interest can help grow a portfolio over time. It's pretty amazing. So again, keep in mind the amount you have to put in. The last and most important principle of investing. Okay, we've covered allocation, risk, diversification, amount, time horizon, and the last piece, alignment. I saved the most important question for last because this is the question that people are not asking. Is this investment aligned with me? Is this investment right for me at this time in my life? What are the companies What are the underlying companies that I'm looking at investing in? If they are companies, are they in their integrity? Do they have an ESG score? Do you care if they have an ESG score? Because even all the large corporations have that now. Does that matter to you? Do you understand the products they sell? Do you understand the company, how they treat their employees? Or do you only care about the growth of the company? The reason I tell you to ask this question is if you're going through a spiritual awakening and you're cleaning up all the different areas of your life, you're looking at your diet, you're looking at your lifestyle, you're looking at your career. Now you look at your money and you go, okay, is this in alignment with who I am or not? Is this furthering my mission on earth? Is this making the world a better place or not? Because there are some companies that are making a lot of money that aren't making the world a better place. So be sure that this investment fits your mission in some way. Your intuition goes along with that alignment piece. Make sure you're tapping into that intuition where you're making investment decisions. So there you have it. Those are my six principles of investing. And you can apply these to literally every single type of investment that you come across in your life. This is just setting the foundation for your financial literacy and understanding investing. And why do I think that's so important? Because we're moving into a new time and a new era where truth prevails. And we're living in a time right now in the past where there are so many layers of complexity around finances and financial literacy that so many people don't understand investing at all. And we have to be the ones to change that. And it's going to become simpler. But you have to still take the time to learn it. Okay, who's ready for my 30,000 foot view opinion on crypto? Here we go. Cryptocurrency has been around since about 2009. So it's not new, but it's only recently taken off. 
and it's attracted a lot of attention because it is a decentralized form of currency, but it also is an investment that can hedge against inflation. And so it sounds really amazing and wonderful, especially for those of us who are hoping that our financial systems change and move more towards decentralization. But the flip side of that is that crypto is incredibly volatile. And on a scale of one to five, one being the most conservative, five being aggressive, crypto is a five. Because not only is the price changing constantly, but the barrier to entry is pretty high. It's not easy to purchase and sell and hold crypto. There are only a few places that you can do this. The complexity of this investment far surpasses anything else that I can think of. And if you don't believe me, go Google blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, and see how many results come up. And the fees are high. Every time you buy or sell a cryptocurrency, you're charged a pretty hefty fee. So it really, the people that are making the most money are the ones that have a tremendous amount of money in it already. And crypto has attracted a lot of speculators rather than investors, meaning people trying to get rich quick. And they are putting out ads and putting out masterclasses and telling everybody in the spiritual community that you need to get in on this and put all your money in crypto. And I can't think of worse advice. So before you take anyone's advice on crypto, be incredibly, incredibly discerning educate yourself and make sure you apply the principles of investing to crypto like you would any other investment. I own crypto, but it's a very small percentage of my portfolio and I can add to it over time. If the purpose of investing is to slowly and steadily make a return over time to achieve a goal, I'm not going to put all my money into crypto right now because I can always add more. But if you put too much money into any one asset class and you take on so much risk, de-risking your portfolio is not so easy when it's a volatile investment. Is cryptocurrency the wave of the future? Absolutely. Is it in its final iteration? No. A new currency will be adopted because right now there are just too many barriers to entry for too many people across the world. Well, friends, that's a wrap on the last episode of the Perspective Podcast for 2021. Season one is officially complete, and we are just getting started over here. I'm going to have so much more time to devote to this community in 2022, and my offerings will definitely expand. So keep on listening, and if you feel so inclined and you're feeling generous, please go on to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review because it would mean the world to me and to this community that we're trying to build. I'm excited to meet more spiritually enlightened, financially literate, badass souls out there, people who are stepping into their purpose in 2022. And we are going to be kicking off the new year with a bang with a special guest, an astrologer who's going to talk about your purpose and your money as it relates to your birth chart. Couldn't be more excited to kick off 2022. Hold your loved ones tight. Enjoy these last few days of this year. I hope you take some time to reflect on what you'd like to do differently in 2022 and what you're grateful for. And I'll see you in the new year. Cheers. Cheers.